Welcome to Restoration Church. At Restoration, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by Pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's sermon. talk to you about a sermon title that's entitled to tell you the truth to tell you the truth how many has ever used that illustration well I'm just going to tell you the truth my dad used to do that all the time you know just just tell me the truth you know um, how many has known that that in today's society the truth is far away yes how many has known it's hard to find truth nowadays how many of us know that people are searching for truth? Yes. You know, there's a lot of things out there that are simply uh, not truth. They're just not. And uh, we, how do we know truth? We're going to talk about that today. Uh, we're going to be talking out of John chapter 14, verse 6. And then we're going to be talking uh, some things I want to hit before we go into this real quick. Um, how many of us know that we're the information generation? Everybody hold up your smartphone. Y'all know y'all got one. Amen. I mean, I know four-year-olds has got a smartphone. We all got a smartphone. We're the information generation. Uh, how many of us have some type of a social media account? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't even know all the other ones. Snapchat. I don't even know what they are. Snapchat's not for old guys. I've learned that anyway. Uh, social media account. How many of us know? I remember, how many of you remember the days? I'm 47 years old. I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all how old I am. I'm 47 years old. How many of you remember when the news would come on real early in the morning and, and at 6 o'clock at night and at 10 o'clock at night? Yeah. Uh, we were at home a few days ago, back during the Christmas holidays, and I literally, the news came on of a local station. The news came on eight times that day. And all eight times, it was the exact same news. Amen. And I'm going to make some points here today. All eight times, it was the exact same news, told a different way. The exact same news. So today, we're bombarded with information. Uh, constant uh, updates on the computer. How many of us know that? How many has a laptop or a smart device? How many of us know about the time you get used to it, it has to update? <laughs> We have four computers in this church. Every time I go to use the one back here, it has to update. How many know that's irritating? That's very irritating. All right, so the constant news and updates on the smart device. I was looking at some information the other day. It is estimated. How many has ever heard of this thing called Google? How many of y'all Googled something before? How many of you guys have Googled trying to find your wife a Christmas present? <laughs> how many of you have Googled? How many of you guys have ever Googled or went to YouTube to try to figure out how to do a project that your wife thinks you could do that you really don't know? <laughs> it's estimated, listen, church, it's estimated that there are 5.6 billion searches on Google every day. 5.6, not million. But billion, we are flooded with information. We are flooded with constant 
information. How many has ever Googled something? You ever been out and you, and you Google a restaurant? Now, I'm going to help some married couples here real quick. How many married couples go out and you have this conversation? Where you want to eat at? Where you want to eat at? I'm going to go ahead and help you guys so you can go ahead and get some freedom right here today. You're never going to be right. Just pick somewhere and then she'll pick somewhere y'all going to eat at. Okay? So I'm helping somebody. I'm not helping myself. I'm helping you guys. Okay? But how many of you have a hard time deciding where you're going to eat at? Y'all, some of y'all need to get some freedom and some forgiveness and repentance in here today. We all do that. We drive down the streets and we're constantly bombarded with information. I drive from here to Hoover every day to work. And how many know these digital signs? If you're ADHD like me, those signs will drive you crazy. Because that sign will flash advertisement up and it's talking about the late of the plumber or church or the latest restaurant that you haven't eaten at yet and you really want to go there and boom, that sign's gone and you can't find it again and you're about to wreck. Look at that. You're, you're getting racing stripes on your truck and trading paint with people. Come on. Y'all guys have done that. And some of you guys had to quit looking at Facebook to see the sign. So the bottom line is we are constantly bombarded with information. And from the time we get up to the time we go to bed, we have information. I mean, it's, it's constant. It's constant. My wife is, when she's at home, and when I come home, she works from home now. But a lot of times when I come home from work, Miss Marianne, she has the TV on. She's not watching it, but she has it on for noise. How many, how many ladies can guess what channel the TV's on? Hallmark. Some of y'all are really annoying. And y'all said Hallmark. <laughs> Amen. Y'all are full of the Holy Spirit because it took some discernment to figure that one out. She has Hallmark on and she has or she has some music on. This play. She said, I'll just like to have some noise. And all these years she needed, she's told me I needed to be quiet. <laughs> so I'm helping a few of y'all laugh. How many of us know that we need to laugh now too? So I've already helped a few of you laugh. So she has it on for noise, but it's also giving us information. How many of you know when you get a new iPhone? How many has an I know Colin has a new iPhone? Because Jennifer and I bought him one for Christmas because he was going to college. <clears throat> back to college. No, he has a new iPhone. How many of you know when you get a new iPhone or a new Android that the technology on that iPhone and Android is obsolete by the time you get it? That's how far technology is moving and how quick, quickly technology is moving. So we have technology in our front of our faces. We have on our smart books, our iPads, our, uh, how many of us know that we have smart uh, watches now? I'm sorry for old guys that can't see a smart watch would just confuse me even more so. But we even have them on our wrists now. We have wrists now, we have uh, smart watches. We also have these things called earbuds in here. What do they call the ones that wireless? AirPods. You know what I have? I learned this because I'm an old guy. Some of them, I'm going to help some of my older folks. You know what I have? I have the broke earbuds. Because I have the ones that still have the cords on them. Colin comes up to me the other day and says, he got him some new, he's got some AirPods and had them for a while. He got his cool little Tennessee Titans case. He probably got them here with us because he's that attached and that addicted to his AirPods, right? So I have the, air, the uh, earbuds in and uh, Samsung earbuds. You know, that's really the broke ones, right? So I have the earbuds in and Colin said, hi, Dad. 
He comes up to me and says, how does it feel to be broke? I said, you're soon to find out. So I've helped y'all laugh this morning. And you've been broke for a while too, right? So, amen. So we're going to move on. We're going to actually move into the, into the uh, information and the scripture part of this. How do you know that an average person in America watches TV for at least five to six hours a day? The average person in the United States of America watches TV. I know y'all would say, Pastor, we come to hear the word. We ain't going to hear all these statistics. Amen. But the average person watches TV five to six hours a day. We are the most technologically driven, savvy generation in our society. But listen, here's the kicker. We are the most depressed, angry, confused, anxious, addicted, lonely, and lost generation that's ever been. Yet we have more information than we've ever had. Hear me today, church. Hear what I'm saying. The Bible said in the last days, they would be ever increasing in knowledge, but never coming to the knowledge of the real truth. Yes. Today, we're going to talk about truth. Stretch your hands this way and ask God to anoint us preaching and teaching this word. Father, we love you and we honor you and we praise you. We thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light in our path, a light for our path. And we pray, God, that we would hide this word in our heart, that we might not sin against you. We pray, God, that your word would change us, that it would help us, and that it would strengthen us, Lord. We love you and we honor you, God. Let this heart, let this word change us again, God. Let it challenge us. Let, us, let it move us. Let us change us for your kingdom. And God, may your people be blessed. And may your church be edified. And may you be lifted up so all people will be drawn unto you. In Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen. 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 All right, we're going to John 14 and 6. So let's talk about what truth is. John 14 6 says it like this. Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You say, well, Pastor, we bombarded with all of this information, so how do we know what truth is? The Word of God is truth. Amen. It is the basis of all truth. You know what he says? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Let me say this today. I know this is streaming live. Buddha won't save you. Hinduism won't save you. Allah won't save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. That's the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is that we are saved by Jesus himself. He, thou shalt have no other gods before me. That's one of the great commandments, the Ten Commandments. So we need to understand the basis of truth. You say, well, Pastor, where are you going? Just hang on with me for a while. We're going to cover a lot of scripture. That all life, direction, and truth comes from him, period. Let me say that. All of life's direction comes from the truth of Jesus Christ and his word. All life's truth. For every situation we face in life, there's an answer in the book. I'm going to say that again. From Genesis to Revelation, there is an answer for everything that we go through in this life. How to raise your kids, how to pick the right job, how to pick the right spouse, how to make a decision as far as buying a house. Uh, do you need healing for your body? There's an answer for that in the scripture. Am I right, church? Amen. Do you need direction in your life? There's a Holy Spirit that gives you direction. He will lead you into all truth. There's answers in the book today. And let's talk about the answers in the book. John 16 and 13, the next scripture says this. John 16 and 13 says, 
They will do such things because they have not known the Father in me. John 16 and 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Talking of the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. So what is the Holy Spirit's job? The Holy Spirit's job is to speak what Jesus spoke, and Jesus' job is to speak of what who spoke. Come on, y'all. Help me, church. Speak of what God the Father spoke. So Jesus spoke. He said when he came into the when he came into play after he was baptized by John the Baptist and Jesus began his ministry, he said, I'm not going to speak of the things that I speak, but I speak of what my father tells me to say. Amen. How many of you remember when he was on trial before Pilate and he went before Pilate and Pilate asked him the questions? He says, are you this man? Are you the king of the Jews? And he said, you have said it. You know what Jesus said? And Pilate walked out of that room. He washed his hands. He says, I find no fault in this man. See, Jesus couldn't be convicted by Pilate, even though he was put to death because Pilate chose to go by what the people wanted. Come on, hurt, help me today, church. But Jesus had no sin in him. The Bible says he that knew no sin became sin for us as he went to the cross. Listen, there would be no way of salvation without Jesus shedding his blood on the cross. That is true. Amen. Amen. That is true today. John 16 and 13 tells us that the Holy Spirit, we need the help of the Holy Spirit to show us what truth is. The Holy Spirit will show you the things that are to come. I was listening to an article the other day that one of our pastors in our organization posted, and it was talking about how many people have Google Bible prophecy on YouTube, or searched, I should say, Bible prophecy on YouTube. How many of you know there's some fruit loops out there? Let's just be real with that. There's some people that said the world's going to come in the end. There's even people this week that said by the end of the week we're going to be under martial law. Has it happened yet? No. Can it happen? Yes. Can it happen? But what I'm trying to tell you today, church, if you need to search for an answer, it's in the book. Come on, help me today, church. We push the book to the side and we look for a man and you're going to be led down the wrong path. But I tell you how you can have some peace, Eric, and how you can lay your head on your bed and on your pillow at night and go to sleep and rest in the power of the atmosphere of the Lord is read the book, church. And understand that all truth comes from the book. Have to Google another prophet. Now listen, the Bible tells us in the Old Testament that we are not to despise the prophets. In the last days, God will speak through the prophets. But you want to, you want me to tell you how, how you know a true prophet? What he says comes to truth, comes to lie. It happens. Now the ones that had to back up and turn all the time, you bite them on and just shy away from them. Did I say that? Yeah. I did. But there's truth in the word of God, and we need to understand that there's truth there. That cannot be counterfeited. Now, how do you know that the enemy has a counterfeit for everything that God has that is real? Amen. Amen. That's the reason the Bible called Satan the great deceiver. Isn't that what he calls him? Yes. He will deceive them. How many remember Apostle Paul? How many remember Saul on the road to Damascus? Anybody remember that? Saul had something, Brother Keith. Saul was a persecutor of the church, and y'all know Saul's my favorite character. I get all anointing preaching about Saul. But Saul was a persecutor of the church. He was having Christians thrown into jail, persecuted, and even killed. But he was struck blind on the road, and he, God spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he says, who are you, Lord? It's me. Who are you, Lord? 
So he understood, even though he was lost and a persecutor of the church, he understood the voice of God. Hear me today, church. Hear me. In the times that we're living in, we need to be able to hear the voice of God. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to probably get some bananas or some rotten oranges or tomatoes or something thrown at me this morning. But you can't hear the voice of God when you're on Facebook surfing around all day. Amen. And you can't hear the voice of God when you're listening to the next guy that's telling you, listen, I'm not telling you, don't be, be, be cautious, and I'm not telling you not to take care of your family. What I am telling you, the book tells us what's going to happen. Matter of fact, Apostle Paul said it like this. I'm going to go back to Paul. Apostle Paul said, comfort yourself with these words. You know what he said? When he's talking about the rapture of the church and the coming of the Lord back to get his church, he said, comfort yourself with the world. But Paul's on the road and he's been struck blind. And God calls this man Ananias. How many of you remember the story? And Ananias is in his house praying, Brother Keith. And God tells Ananias, you need to go and pray a certain place, a road called Straight. Remember, remember that. And you need to pray for Paul and lay hands on him. He saw, he said, and Ananias said, wait, 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 wait. You want me to go pray for Saul? You're talking about the Saul that persecutes, persecutes the church. But something happened. Ananias got off his knees praying because he knew the voice of God and he went and prayed for Saul. And Saul, who was a persecutor, the church was converted and the Bible said that looked like scales fell off of his eyes when Ananias laid his hands on him and prayed for him. You say, what's the significance of Ananias? Ananias in the, in the word of God is just as important as the Apostle Paul. Oh, even though he didn't preach and plant churches, Ananias obeyed God because he heard the voice of God. He didn't hear the voice of God talking and commenting on some obsolete post on Facebook that don't make any difference for my life. Come on, I'm being real. Preaching to the preacher. Yeah, I've done it before. Man, I just wish I... Ooh, let me just comment one more time. And the Holy Spirit say, got a rider's cramp in my hand. Amen. Anybody there? I'm helping some folks. I'm helping some people. Or I can't, you know, I got some fat fingers. I can't text real fast. I'm a little bit. Some of y'all have laughed more. But what I put my mind on either decreases or increases my faith. And my ability to hear from God is relegated upon how much of his word that I put into my spirit. That's the reason he said in Proverbs, guard your heart, for in it flows the things and the issues of life. Paul was delivered, and the Bible says, when Anna, listen, what does it go back and read it for yourself? When Ananias laid his hands on Paul, Saul then, God changed his name from Saul to Paul because he didn't want Saul to be affiliated with the old man. Somebody must need to hear this today. We need to let go of the old man and reach on towards the new man. Amen. So God changed his name from Saul to Paul. And the Bible says when Ananias laid his hands on him, what looked like scales fell off of his eyes and he was immediately filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know what scripture said? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. So what Ananias did in obedience, even though he was scared of Saul, how many of Ananias was scared of Saul? Would you have been scared, scared of Saul? Would you have been afraid of him? I would. I'd probably be still in the room asking and praying and seeing if that's really God talking to me. Come on. Some of us would be there, right? I'm just like everybody else. 
And you know the truth. John 8.32. Let's move on. John 8.32. Move it away from Paul a minute. We're going to come back to him. It says, John 8.32 says, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And you will know the truth. Now, the Lord's really dealt with me about expository preaching. Anybody know what expository preaching is? If you've been to Bible school, like me, uh, boy, you know what expository preaching is. Expository preaching is taking a scripture and pulling out of it what you need to preach. Preaching one scripture at a time. Expository preaching. We come to the time of churches. We don't need flashy. We don't need superstar, rock star preachers. We need somebody to tell us the truth. Amen. Of the word, dissect the word of God, dividing it so we can understand the word of God. So he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You can't be free if you don't know the truth. Amen? That's real simple. You can't know the truth. You can't be free unless you know the truth. You've got to know the truth. You've got to put it in. See, knowing the truth will set us free by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, Saul met God on the road when he was struck blind. And how many of us understand that Saul saw more blind than he ever did when he could see? Oh. He saw who he was and God it slowed him down enough for God to speak to him. It says... If I know the word of God, which is the truth, that means I can easily identify the lies. If I know the truth of God and his word, I can easily identify lies. The Bible says that Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. Isn't that what he calls him? He calls him Beelzebub. He calls him Lucifer. I mean, he has many names. Amen. The Bible says, tells us that we can understand the truth and when we understand the truth, we're able to identify what's falsehood. You know why people are running around wondering what's going to happen and wondering what's going to take place because we don't trust the word of God. I'm going to get right back here. I'm real big and hard to fit behind me. But we don't trust the word of God. You know what Jesus said? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. I will never leave you forsake nor forsake you. I will go with you always until the end of the earth. Yeah. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up the standard. Amen? Yeah. That he will take his blessings and have them to run me down. Isn't that what we sang about this morning? See, that's all part of Scripture that we forget about when the enemy's attacking us. See, here, I don't have to get good enough even though I may have failed God this week when the enemy is attacking me, the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up the standard. What is it saying? The Spirit of God will fight for you and me. That's good news. Give the Lord a hand. That's good news. Amen. So we know the truth because we read the truth, which is the Word of God. What does the Holy Spirit do? He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The Holy Spirit will lead you unto all truth. John said. So what else does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit will show you things. Acts chapter 21 Acts chapter 11 I should say the Holy Spirit spoke to the Apostle Peter. Anybody remember him? Peter's a pretty rough cat too, right? How many remember Peter? Anybody know anything about Peter? Peter was a fisherman when Jesus found him. Peter went back to fishing after he failed God, didn't he? Peter denied Jesus three times, did he not? He denied him three times. 
And after Peter was converted by a campfire, the Bible says that Peter preached and thousands come unto the Lord. Amen. That Peter and John's shadow healed people. Not their touch, not their prayer, but their shadow. So Peter is having a vision and he sees this sheep come down, Brother Keith. And he sees all these things that was uncommon for them to eat in Acts chapter 11, David. And he's seeing all these things. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to Paul, Peter in a vision and showing him. He said, hey, the gospel, my gospel is for the Gentiles too. We ought to be super excited because as far as I know, everybody under the sound of my voice is a Gentile. You know what God was doing in Acts chapter 11? He was pouring out the gospel of Jesus Christ on us. Amen. To a man in a vision. So Peter gets up and he gets and, and three men come to the door. And the Holy Spirit says, Don't be afraid, but go with them. So what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit, remember, Peter's having a vision. God's showing him this sheet of all different animals. And he says, Take and eat. Because they were Jews. The Jews didn't do what? They didn't eat certain things, right? There's a lot of things that Jews didn't eat. So what is he showing Peter? He's showing Peter everything's good, okay? In other words, take the gospel of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. So he gets up and the Holy Spirit says, don't be afraid. Go with these three men and what's happening? The men are knocking on the door of his house as the Holy Spirit speaks to him. So the Holy Spirit will give you direction. You say, Pastor Rich, why do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit working in your life? Because you need the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. How many has ever been driving down the road or in your prayer closet, in your prayer time? You may be in your prayer car. You may be at the sink washing dishes. You may be doing laundry. You may be, John, you may be out cutting a tree. You may be doing, going back. How many has ever felt like you had God just to speak to you? Come on, that's the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us. You say, well, Pastor Rex, how do I tell whether God's speaking to me or there's the enemy? Let me, let me tell you something. The enemy's never going to tell you to do anything good for somebody else. The Bible says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Can I tell you today, church, in case you've forgotten, the devil wants to destroy your life and everything that, a, that, a, that is in your life. Everything. But Jesus says, don't fear him because I have come that you have life and you have it to the full. Yes, amen. So the Holy Spirit speaks. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. He spoke to Peter. He spoke to Paul in Acts chapter 21. We're back to Apostle Paul again. Acts chapter 21, verse 4. God told Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit spoke to Paul. And told him not to go somewhere. How many has ever been driving and all of a sudden the Lord just told you, come on, I've been there before. Don't go there. Okay, I'm going to break it easy for y'all. How many of y'all is on social media and you want to post a comment and the Holy Spirit says no? Yes. Amen. All right, you about ready to send that email to somebody on you, that you work with? Come on. I'm over there going. Little fingers want to hit sin. Hands all cramping up. The mouth just got sweat all over I'm trying not to, I just want to click it, Lord. I just want to send this email. Some of y'all need to repent. Y'all looking at me like a mule looking at a new gate. <laughs> but you've been there, and the Lord tells you, don't do it. How many has ever been in an argument or a disagreement with somebody at work, and the Holy Spirit says, be quiet? Yes. 
That's not your Cheerios or your Captain Crunch is the this morning. That's the Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit might be trying to do? Save your witness, but he might be trying to save your job. He's done it for me. If you don't believe the Lord will, will shut you up, I worked 15 years at Mercedes-Benz. That's proof the Holy Spirit speaks. And I was a supervisor there. And I tell you, there's a lot of nights I want to say, fired. Fired. Fired, fired, fired. You know what the Holy Spirit would tell me? Shut up, shut up, shut up. Walk away. Go walk away. Go build another car. Go do something else. And then go outside and yell at the stars. Do something. Turn your radios and phones off before you do it. Though. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't key up the radio before you say it. I'm helping somebody. I'm just being real and transparent. We all been there. Everybody thinks the preacher's perfect. Wrong though. And I'm using the Grinch's word. <laughs> it don't happen. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we need the help and the guidance of God. We need Him. John 17, 17. Y'all help me, help me get out of this hole because I've done it. John 17, 17 says it like this. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Now, we don't even talk about this, but years ago, how many has been in the Pentecostal church for a long time? Bless God, they just need to get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and sanctified. Amen. 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 And I didn't, I'm not going to make my preacher voices today, but I could. I probably, I have three or four, right, Lizzie? I mean, shortest I've ever heard, Lily's ever heard me preach was three Sundays ago. That's because I was so sick I couldn't probably stand up. But <laughs> that's funny. I'm glad Lily was listening. That was hilarious, by the way. I got, that helped me through the day. So how many of you remember when they talked about sanctification? Brother Keith, you remember when we talked about sanctification in the church? What, is a sanct what does this word sanctify or sanctification mean? Sanctify, the word itself, comes from the root word to set apart. Are to be holy. We don't talk about these words no more in church because we want to pick and choose what we want out of the word and live the way we want to live and not worry about what God thinks about it. Amen. But what happens when we get filled with the Holy Spirit is something happens to us when we go to say and do something wrong and the Holy Spirit gives us this function not to do that. That's called sanctification. That's the reason that the Bible says that he, his spirit will lead you into all truth. Sanctify them with truth. Your word is truth. So the word of God with the power of the Holy Spirit and the strength of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, gives me the strength to live a holy life through what Jesus did on the cross. Just preach the whole gospel to you in about 30 seconds. So the Holy Spirit helps me, but the truth of the word of God clarifies it for me. How many has ever read something in the Word of God and it crunched your toes? How many has known that we're living in a time now? And I'm not going to get political, but I'm going to tell the truth right here. We're living in a time right now in the church. How many has ever read the little book of Jude? How many has read that book? We're living in a time in the church. We're going to have to defend the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because they said this thing that you talked about, they're wolves, they're devils. And that's what you, you call them. Remember when Jesus was standing in the courtyard in the temple talking to the Pharisees and he called them tombstones. Remember he called them that? 
He said, you all whitewashed and pretty on the outside, but on the inside, you're full of dead men bones. In other words, the religion they had didn't mean anything for eternity except they were going to hell. And they were religious people. And Jesus was telling them the truth. He was saying, you look really good on the outside. How many of us know that we can put up a front, but everybody that come in this church today has got issues. And what makes the church what it needs to be is that the Bible says that we confess our faults and our failures one to another. We find help, hope, and healing in the hour need. I came in this church today a broken man. I'm saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, but i got faults and failures just like you do. And when we get on our high horse and we think that we're better than everybody else because I only sin two times this week, bless God. I read my devotional every time and I went to prayer and fasting all week long. And look at Sister So-and-So over there. I seen her on Facebook tearing somebody up. You know what you're doing? You're sitting in the judgment seat judging somebody else and it's not your place. That's Jesus' place because he died for that place. Amen. So what we need to understand is the church today, and it's okay if I preach a little bit right here, we need to quit judging and we need to quit love. We start loving people into the kingdom. Yes. And sometimes we need to talk. Sometimes, most of the time, we just need our life love to love people into the kingdom. What did Jesus say? What did the scripture say? Jesus said it like this, they will know you, my disciples, by your love for one another. He said they, didn't, they were not going to know your disciples by your preaching to them. And you tell them they're going to hell. They're going to know your disciples, my disciples because you love one another. Listen, if we're biting each other and talking about each other, we can't tell nobody else outside these walls about Jesus. They think we're a bunch of hypocrites if we're doing that. But if we love one another and we bear with one another, we're, we're more effective for the kingdom. Now this word sanctified means to set apart, or set apart or to make holy or to be made holy. Paul addressed it in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many has ever told, had somebody tell you Boy, I wish I knew God's will for my life. Anybody ever been there besides me? Man, I wish I knew what God had next for me. Well, he's with, I'm just being real. Preachers ask themselves that all the time. You know, you get out of the pulpit on Sunday and you think, I need to go sell cars some Sunday. You know. You know, the only difference, no, I'm not going to share that one this morning. That would be a good joke, but I'm not. I, have, I work with a lot of guys that had a lot of preacher and car salesmen goes, but I'm not going to use them. What's Paul saying? How do we renew our mind? We read the Word of God. We study the Word of God. We know the Word of God. It's not going to magically jump off the page and into your mind if you don't read it. But be you, don't be conformed to the image of this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind so you will be able to test and prove what is the Perfect will of God. Paul is giving us a glorious nugget right here in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He's telling you how to have some peace in your life and how to know the will of God. Open up the book and let it transform you. That's what he's saying. Isn't that what he's saying? So you know the perfect will of God. He also says that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. How many of us know that everything you hear you don't need to believe? We need to compare it to the word of God. There's a lot of false prophets out there. 
There's a lot of people standing in pulpits in America today telling you can live any kind of way and go to heaven. Garbage. There's a lot of people telling you today that you can live any kind of lifestyle and still go to heaven. Not true. There's a lot of people standing in pulpits in America today claiming that there's more than one way to heaven. Heresy. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I don't know you said, well, Pastor, this is new year. You ain't how to preach this hard as you act like you're mad at us every Sunday. No. There's a time when we come to the time in the church. Defend the gospel, church. That's right. We it. Defend the gospel. Stand for what's true. Stand for what's right. Does that mean we're not going to make a mistake? No. But what that means is that we go back and we have the spirit of repentance on our life and we repent to God. You know what repentance is? It's confessing our sin to God and turning away from it. Not going right back to it, but turning away from it. How many of you remember the little guy named Nehemiah? Nehemiah had a burden to rebuild the walls. Jerusalem's walls was torn down. Nehemiah had a burden. Nobody else had one. Just Nehemiah. But Nehemiah went back and repented, and the Bible tells us that Nehemiah not only repented of his sins and his family's sins, but his ancestors' sins. He fasted and prayed, and he asked God to forgive him. And what happened when he went to the king? Remember the story? The king gave him everything he wanted. Even put a guard with him to ride with him to protect him. But Nehemiah, did he face opposition and build the walls? Remember this guy named Sam Ballet? I mean, you're picking on somebody, your name is Sam Ballet. Tobiah, what, what was the other guy? Tobiah and Sam Ballet. But they made life hard on Nehemiah, didn't they, David? They ridiculed him, made fun of him, talked about him. But you know what Nehemiah kept doing? Kept praying, kept asking God for faith. Kept praying, kept asking God's favor. And every time he would pray, and every time he would confess, God would give him more. Nehemiah gave us a pattern in prayer right here that works. Keep praying, ask God to help. Keep praying, ask God to help, then God does it. How I many has ever seen God do that? He's given us a pattern. He was giving us a pattern. So Nehemiah learned the value of prayer. He learned the value of repentance. So what's the importance of the word of God? Jesus said it like this in Matthew 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 4. He says that, talking about the bread of life, he says, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. How many remember who's Jesus talking to during this time? Who's Jesus having a conversation with? You might know. Jesus is having a conversation with Satan himself. Remember he's tempted and the devil comes to him, throw yourself off this hill. Make your stones be turned into bread. And Jesus gives him scripture every time. He don't tell him get lost. You know, Jesus could have told Satan, get away from me, get lost. But he didn't battle with his words or his strength. He gave him the word every time. And at the end, I mean, go back and read the story yourself. And the Bible said that Satan left him because he kept battling him with the word of God. Hear me today, church. If you'll start speaking to the enemy, the word of God, he will flee from you. I should have got at least four more amens on that. He will flee from you. He will. Proverbs 30 and 5 says it like this. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. 
Every word of God proves true. I can stand on the word of God and know it's true. When I stand standing on the word of God and know it's true, he becomes my refuge. How many has ever been tired and weary and worn out and spiritually drained? And you go into your prayer closet and all of a sudden you feel the Holy Spirit just cover you and help you and strength. How many has ever been battling sickness and you're worn out and you can't go through no more and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just touches you? Because I believe in the truth of the word of God. The Bible says he will give his angels charge over you to protect you. To direct your paths. To encamp around about you. Some of us are battling issues with our children. Some of us are going through tough times in relationships. Can I tell you he will give his angels charge over you? He will send more angels to fight you. Say, well, Pastor, he be getting all that spooky stuff about angels. But we believe in devils. We watch them on TV all the time. We don't believe that God himself, who has millions and millions of angels, will send them to fight for you when the scripture tells us that he will. Amen. See, I believe over many Christians, there's been cars that could have rolled over the interstate. There could have been tra tragic accidents that happened, but God sent angels to protect people. Anybody ever been there? I remember years and years ago, I was probably 23 years old working in a fab shop. And that was probably about, I don't know, 10 tons of channel iron steel over my head here. Do you know what happened? I'm over here to saw working, cutting steel. And they, they're unloading a truck that has channel iron, three by five channel iron steel. I don't know how many tons, but, it, but it's several tons of steel. You know what happens when they pick that up off the truck? The chain breaks on one end. I'm standing 10 foot from the truck. There's no reason in the world that I should have lived but God. You say, well, Pastor Rex, what does God do? I'm telling you, he will send his angels to charge over you. What happened when that steel broke, it fell flat on the truck. And when it did, it rolled and the other chain broke the other end. And the steel, just a bundle of steel, probably about this wide and about this tall, rolled off that truck and fell on the ground. All it did was chip concrete. It didn't even unband when it fell. It was banded up. You work around steel a lot, David. You know how, how quick this stuff can get on you. What am I saying? I'm standing from here to Julie from, from the truck. Where it's being unloaded. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do, and the guy that's unloading the, the truck. You see what I'm saying? I could have died that day. That guy unloading the truck, running the crane, we could have died. I couldn't hurt, been hurt real. But you know what God did? I had a covenant with Jesus and he protected me. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, does God do that? Oh yeah, he does that. He'll protect your kids. Come on, church. He will protect your children. John 4 and 24, let's read it. The Bible says that God is a spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. What we do here on Sunday morning is a 30-minute session of worship and praise and God deserves that. But what you do every day is true worship. Yes. What you do in your prayer closet is worship. What you do when you serve your husband and wife and your children and you're doing your job as unto the Lord, that is worship, church. He said we will worship him in spirit and in truth. For God is a spirit. What are we? We have a soul, which is a spirit. 
Everybody understands that our spirit's going to spend eternity somewhere. That's the reason God said that those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the reason we need the Holy Spirit to show us and direct us and to lead us and to speak to us. How many ever come in here and the worship is so good and you forget about everybody else and you just close your eyes and you worship and God moves and does something in your life? Because you know what you're doing? You're worshiping in spirit and in truth. You forget about everybody around you and what they think. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord with all of his might and his wife laughed at him. She said, David, you're a fool. Making yourself look like a fool. And he just said, I'm not doing this for you, I'm doing this for him. There was a reason why David was known as a man after God's own heart because he didn't really care what other people thought. He just wanted to worship God. Did, did David have failures? Colossal errors in his life. But God used David because he was a worshiper. And I'm closing. I know y'all think, well, thank God we got another Sunday here. Y'all excited about next Sunday, aren't you? Amen. Four. I got five amens. I'm up, five, I'm up more than that on the next one. But David was a worshiper, church. The worst thing that we can do as a church in the time that we're walking through. Listen, I mean, it's tired of this. What we're dealing with in America right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been dealing with a pandemic since last March, church. It's hard. I've told my wife some Sundays when we wouldn't have to have church for a couple months, I didn't sign up for this. She said, yeah, you did. Trying to make it all work, put it all together. I learned a long time ago, you're not going to please everybody. Somebody always going to be mad at you. That's right. But you know, that's really not between me and them. That's between them and God. Amen. So I don't need to worry about that. And I'm not here to tell you all my problems. And I'm just telling you I'm a man and I struggle like y'all struggle. And I have, David, I have good days and bad days. But there's one thing that I have learned is that the truth of the word will carry me through it. And then when I consume the word and I believe the word, that speaks like David to my situations. That he helps me. The Bible says that in my weakness, he is made strong. That when I'm having Miss Marianne, the worst of the worst days, that's when I'm strong in the spirit because I'm not leaning on Rex, I'm leaning on him. Think about the Apostle Paul. He's finishing up. He's written many letters and epistles to the church. And he's finishing up. And he says, not that I have attained it. Talking about eternal life or the kingdom. Brother Keith, he's referring to that. But he's pinning the last few words of a letter. And he says, this one thing I do. I'm going to help some church folks here, Christian folks here today that struggle with your past. He says, this one thing I do, I forget what is behind me and I push forward to what is ahead of me. Yeah. You realize what Apostle Paul was about to say? He was about to be executed and martyred for the faith. He said, but Colin, this one thing I do, I forget all that's behind me. 
I forget about my high dollar education. I forget all the struggles of being in a prison and writing these letters. I forget all about it because I'm about to, to, to embrace eternal life. I'm about to see Jesus face to face. But this one thing I do, I forget what's behind me and I press on towards a high calling and the mark in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you today, church, there's no place to quit. There's no place, David, to ball up and to get in a corner like a little kid. How many has ever got when you were a kid, had to go stick your nose in a circle in the corner. <laughs> I did. I was so bad. You feel the yard? I'm just getting freedom. Ain't nothing going to keep me from heaven. I'm going to confess I was a bad little kid. Amen. Mom and daddy already know about it. You know, I got whoopings in school and then whoopings when I got home for being bad. I got freedom, though. I got saved every time I went to church. Amen. Your daddy's your bus driver. <laughs> and your preacher. <laughs> Lord have mercy. But you know what happened to me? When I truly found Jesus and I truly laid it all at an altar sin, I become more like Paul. I learned to say, that's what Rex used to be. But I'm not that anymore because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. That's the reason he says, take the breastplate of righteousness. What is the most vital organ in our body, in our heart, right? When it quits working, we leave here. But he says, take the breastplate of righteousness and shot up with it and put it over you and cover that heart. Hear me today, church. Don't quit. Don't give up. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying it. You're going to be tired again, Pastor Rick, say, this too will pass. It's already better than what it was. He said, well, Pastor Rex, how's it better than what it was? Y'all remember three months we couldn't come in this building? Yes. They now don't want to allow us to do it or requested us not to do it. He said, are things difficult in America? Yeah, they are. But the Word of God said it's going to be this way. Isn't that what the Word said? Yes. Men will be lovers of themselves. Boastful, heady, high-minded, arrogant. Isn't that what the scripture says? Yes. There will be a great falling away in the church. If there wasn't a great falling away, we'd have to have three services because this little 110-seat church wouldn't steal of all the people that's been through here. But you know what? It says a lot about you because you're here today. Many of you that are watching online, and I'm not condemning the folks that's watching online. I believe that you've got to work it out between you and the Lord what you do to protect your family. That's your business, not mine. You know what my job is? To love people. Amen. And to help people. And to tell people the truth. So I challenge you today, church. Don't quit. Don't give up. But more than anything else, don't quit trusting the Word of God. It is truth. Brother Keith reminded me of this a couple weeks ago. I talked to him one Sunday and we weren't able to have church. And I called him to let him know because he teaches our Ephesians Bible study on Sunday morning. And me and him talk about life. We don't just talk about Dollar Brother Keith. We talk about that about football too, don't we? Yeah. We talk about awesome stuff. You know. Me and Brother Keith was talking about firewood, a bunch of stuff. But he reminded me of this. He said, Pastor Eggs, what we need to remember is Brother Keith has meant a lot to me. He says, Scripture tells us that heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will last. Whatever we're doing for the kingdom, we better be doing it. 
that have heard a lot of stuff. And people that's listening today. But do I keep having children? I got a grandbaby all the way up. I can't tell I'm a little excited. My house is full of baby stuff. I can't wait to get them sugars. I can't wait to spoil her. I'm already got her a little life jacket so she can ride the boat with me. <laughs> get her name on it, everything. I'm cool. I'm ready for that stuff. She's going to think I'm crazy, but it's okay. That's what grandpa's doing. Humanity Church. We got a lot of younger couples in our church. Hear from a man of God. An imperfect man of God in here, but you keep living. You keep having some children. I like when y'all have children. That means we got automatic growth in the church. You keep loving your families and you keep serving God. God's going to take care of you if he comes. Don't you walk around in fear every day. Don't you walk around wondering if you're going because he promised it. That he take care of you. Right. Scripture tells me that I haven't, David said it like this. I am old, but one time I was young. This is the words of David. He says, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Right. Or his seed begging for bread. What was David saying? I've never seen my God fail. My trust today is not in armies or government chariots. My trust is in the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. And he that's begun a good work in me will complete it until the day of redemption. He will do it. He will complete it. You say, well, Pastor Rex, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord today. You know what? He loves you. And he'll accept you right where you're at. It don't matter how many times you fail. He loves you enough to pick you back up again. I mean, I just told y'all I got saved every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. And even better than that, we had revival. I remember, remember when the churches had revival for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, it's hard to get saved every night. You know. We used to have the camp meeting days when they had the sawdust on the ground. Yeah. It was hot at night. You know, Bob, you know, ladies shouting around. And, man, they sang for an hour and a half before you ever got to the preaching. I don't remember them days. But I thank God for them days. Because it gave me a love for the Lord and the Word of God. What am I saying? We're in difficult times, church, and I'm done. I only closed three times today. Actually, that's down two from what I usually do. It's usually five or six. Two and a half three times. We're in the last days. Don't you lose your joy waiting for the next catastrophe. Don't you keep, don't you quit loving Jesus and doing what you're doing and being a mom or a dad or a child, grandma or grandpa. You keep loving the Lord, he'll take care of you. Not because I said it, because the word said it. Let's pray. Yes, Father, we love you. And we're not even today.